0: 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Good evening, everybody, and
1: welcome to Calling All
0: Creatures. I am Lori, your
1: host, and tonight we are doing our Beast of Burden After the Pack Work is Done podcast. We have Tish Heaston on with us from Forever Home Donkey Rescue and Sanctuary Incorporated. And Tish is going to give us all sorts of really cool information on these um, amazing little pack animals that people use. And... Uh, uh, also give us some information on why uh, their rescue sanctuary ends up getting some of these little fellas. So, Tish, let's go ahead and have you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself, your experience, and uh, then we'll go ahead and go on from there. Well,
2: uh, I'm, I'm glad you had me come in tonight. I'm, I really appreciate it because I, I really think the donkeys are some of the most misunderstood animals on the planet. Uh, uh, about me, uh, gee whiz, I don't know. I, uh, uh, had horses when I was a girl and, uh, now I'm doing donkeys. Uh, we've had the, uh, rescue for about 20 years and, uh, we enjoy telling people about them and, uh, really appreciate, uh, getting opportunity to talk about them.
1: Well, we're glad to be able to have you come on and talk about them. That's actually I tell us I say this frequently. That's why I started this podcast because Actually, I did animal control for twelve years, and uh, got asked a lot of questions during that time frame. And I see a lot of the same questions being posted on Facebook over and over again, even though I'm not in animal control anymore. But uh, I thought I'd start this podcast and uh, help, uh, you know, get some information out about all you different rescues, different, different animal topics. Really, I mean, quite frankly, we've we've addressed several things, you know, over the last year or so. I've been on. So um, I'm really glad that you guys all do come on because you make the podcast happen for me. So I'm glad to have you on tonight and uh, to talk about the donkey and the rescue that you guys have. So um, wow. you, got, you said that you guys got started about 20 years ago. Um, so the donkey rescue is actually located over, over uh, Benson, in the Benson area. Um, why did you guys get started doing the donkey rescue?
2: Well, actually, uh, we started out, uh, my husband bought me a $50 donkey that was going to slaughter for my birthday. And uh, we still have him. And that was probably in 1998. Uh, and uh, so we, I, I told, told him, because I had had horses and everything, and I told him, I said, we have to have a friend, so we've got to find him a friend. So we found him a friend, and his friend had so many health problems, that we had to have him euthanized after about six or seven months. Aww. So then I had to, just, I told him, I said, well, I'm going to put an ad in the paper that I'll take three donkeys. And we probably could have gotten 40 donkeys out of just that one ad.
1: Oh my uh, gosh.
2: There were so many donkeys out there that people had that they didn't want. Uh, they hadn't made any effort to find a, a good home for them. And so they jumped on my ad, I guess. <laughs> and, uh, we got three donkeys out of that ad, and they all had health or emotional problems. And uh, so we decided at that time, uh, we never thought about being a nonprofit. So we thought about uh, taking in the ones we could, staying small, and helping the ones we could uh, to try to kind of make up for what their lives had been before. And uh, that's how we got started.
1: Awesome. I can't believe that. All <laughs> 40 off of just the one ad. That's amazing. Um, I wouldn't have thought that many people would be trying to get rid of their donkeys, I guess, at that one time. But, wow. Well,
2: uh, one of the problems, uh, when they started calling, at at first I thought it was crazy because the phone was ringing off the hook. And uh, they'd say, uh, well, I've got three out here. If you can catch them, you can have them.
3: Oh, my. And
2: I thought, oh, my gosh, you know, that's, that's, that's not right. And, you know, if you've got an animal you should be responsible for it, take care of it, and
1: all that, and, uh, I mean, they, they just wanted to get rid of them. Yeah. That's all Well, you know, it doesn't surprise me, they, and they do the same thing with horses, dogs, cats, so, I mean, it doesn't surprise me with donkeys, too. Um, no, no. Yeah. With all of them. <laughs> um, so, we said that you guys are actually located over in the Benson area. Um, you're actually, if I remember right, on the way out towards Cascabel, Correct. Yes, uh-huh. About halfway to Cascabel. Okay. And about how large is uh, the rescue sanctuary out there that you guys have? And about how many animals can you guys actually take in?
2: Uh, we, we have 30 acres and uh, our limit, well, our limit's supposed to be 20. That's what it was when it was just John and I and we were doing, uh, you know, private. Uh, but since then, we've got three wonderful full-time volunteers. Well, we've got full-time, one of them is here year-round. Uh, the other two are here in the winter. And uh, so since we've got them in here, uh, we can take in more animals because, you know, uh, there's there's more people to take care of them. So uh, our limit has gone up. <laughs> and uh, But for sanctuary, uh, we still would like to keep the sanctuary uh, numbers down below 20. But the others, we take in some... When we take in, a lot of times, there'll be two or three animals involved, and maybe one of them has health problems, and the other two might be adoptable. Uh, and so we find, we find good homes for them and mm-hmm. have the people uh, sign a contract that they will bring them back here if they can no longer take care of them. And uh, so, uh, but our, our limit is, well, we haven't reached our limit yet. As far as, uh, as long as we have good help, we will try to help any uh,
3: donkey business.
1: Can. Awesome, um, awesome we'll talk about volunteering and how people can actually come out and maybe volunteer and help you out there in just a little bit too towards the end of the um, podcast because we sure. want to talk about some of the other really interesting stuff about donkeys Um, so do you guys only rescue donkeys or do you also like take in uh, do you also take in other equines like mules or horses or anything like that or do you just kind of stick strictly to the donkeys
2: we're primarily for the donkeys, but there again, a lot of times, uh, just recently, we took in two donkeys and a pony. So uh, we're kind of open to taking any kind of equine, mules, horses, donkeys, you know, ponies. Uh, as long as they're an equine, we'll take them in. Uh, uh, but primarily, we, we go after the donkeys.
0: Cool.
1: Um, no, I have to ask, because I was, I was looking at this, because I know people say donkey or burrow. Now, are donkey and a burrow the same thing?
2: Uh, well, we like to say that there's no such thing as a burrow in the east. Okay. It, used, out here, they use the word burrow out here. Uh, it's a Spanish word for donkey.
3: That's and, what I thought. Uh,
2: and <laughs> and most, of the, most of the people out here use burrow for one that has been in the wild. Okay. Uh, the ones that have been on the range, uh, the, the ones that have been raised in domestication, uh, they usually call them donkeys. Okay. But, uh, it, it's an interchangeable thing. You can call them burros, you can call them donkeys.
1: Okay. Um, now, what's the difference between a donkey and a mule?
2: Well, a mule is an offspring between a female horse and a male donkey. And. Uh, consequently uh horses have 64 chromosomes and uh donkeys have 62 mules have 63 which makes them sterile for the most part uh over history there have been a few mules that did have offspring but i mean you could probably count them on one hand over over the you know time uh, so uh primarily uh uh you know, the mules are from a female horse or a male donkey. A henny is an offspring between a male horse and a female donkey, and they're they're pretty unusual. They, you don't see very many of those. Yeah. Uh, but uh, uh, I guess I guess the <laughs>
3: stallion is. Pickier
2: than
3: a jack. Well, you know. The long ears must
2: scare him. I
1: don't know. But they just don't have as many annies as they do the mules, yeah. Mules, yeah. (laughs) You know, it's funny. I actually knew the difference uh, in what a mule was because my aunt had a Palomino female horse, And Uh I don't know where the donkey came from, but she actually had a mule offspring. So, (laughs) yeah, and uh, I I don't know, actually, I'll be honest with you, I don't know who was more mean-tempered, his mother or him, so.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, jacks uh, are very good at what they do. They know what they were put on the earth to do. Yeah. So if there was a jack within who knows what range, uh, he probably snuck in.
1: (laughs) Oh, I'm sure because yes, yeah, she did. She had a mule, and uh, I never forget that. And that's why I know what the difference is. And that that is how you get a mule is because that is the offspring for those the, for the female horse and the and the male donkey. So, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I learned that as a child. That's funny. <laughs> so let's. <laughs> So let's talk a little bit about what it takes to actually take care of a donkey and to care for them, and and the upkeep and stuff that it takes for them.
2: Well, a lot of people uh, get a donkey because they've been told, oh, you don't have to take care of them. Just put them out there, they'll take care of themselves. You don't have to have them taken care of like a horse. And nothing could be further from the truth. Uh, That's why we end up finding donkeys that have long feet and have bad teeth and uh, maybe are overweight because they're not being fed properly. Uh, they're actually a browser. They're not a grazer, so they they actually
3: prefer to be on the desert browse. Uh, you know the mesquite trees, the little
2: little things that you find in the desert. Uh, and they're an animal that should walk about fifteen miles a day to get enough to survive till the next day. So you have two types of people that usually end up with them you end up you got the people that think they don't have to take care of and they'll take care of themselves and you have the other people that put them in a pen they feed them alfalfa they feed them uh maybe uh, grain uh maybe too many treats who knows that because they love their dogies and you end up with an animal that is overweight uh a lot of times they founder. they get laminitis which destroys their feet And I like to tell people that there's nothing... A lot of people, when they see a a desert donkey one out running in the wild, they'll say, oh my gosh, look how skinny he is.
3: And uh, that's what a donkey should look like. I say there's nothing prettier than a Mojave donkey,
2: and there's nothing sadder than a domesticated donkey that has not been fed properly and not been taken care of.
3: Hmm.
1: Interesting. Yeah, I'm sure people probably don't think about the fact that it, you know, donkeys need just as much upkeep as like a horse and stuff would. I've seen oh, some, yeah. and I've seen some of the pictures from some of the uh, burrow and donkey rescues and stuff online. And uh, you're talking about the elongated feet, and I just think, my God, how can those poor animals even walk? Was was I mean, their their hoofs were you know way out and curled and everything else. It was terrible. Yeah, and
2: a lot of times they can't walk. A lot of times, it uh, was, and, and, and we just one in recently and it, her feet were, like, feet were like that. She was over by Wilcox on a on a, on a a farm or an acreage and <laughs> the people moved out and some other people moved in and a few days later she shows up. She'd been out there taking care of herself and her feet, uh, they had to be taken off with a sawzall.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think that's what they were uh, doing in the, the video I was watching with that one's feet too. They had to use a sawzall because they were yeah. so long yeah that's terrible I just can't I just don't even know and they like to have salt they like to have fresh water mm-hmm. uh, you know they like to have
3: all the all the things that that uh, you know any animal would like to have that's why I think it's so sad when people say oh well
2: you know you don't have to do that much for them uh, and that, that a lot of people think that
1: right right you know, I didn't think to ask Tim we were actually talking about um, your rescue out Do you, you do, I know you guys do some adoptions and then you do some sanctuary, but do you consider Forever Home more of a, a sanctuary or, or, or a rescue or you're just kind of uh, half and half?
2: Well, we started out basically as sanctuary. Uh, our primary objective has always been to take, take the ones that have no place to go. Okay. Uh, you, you've got an animal that that has very little value in this part of the world. Um, give, uh, some of the only people that value them, uh, you might say, would be the ropers. The ropers use them for practice. And mm-hmm. uh, so, you know, if they have no value, if they get sick, they've either got to get well or die because people aren't going to put any money into them.
3: Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they're, they're a tough animal, uh, but they can't, take uh, overcome, you know, uh, colic or some of the
2: things that can happen to them and, uh, uh, and if people don't take care of them
3: they're just out there so we try to take in the ones that are just out there,
2: you know, the ones that that, that need need to be taken care of. Uh, a lot of times we'll, we will uh, bring them in and uh, they're only here a few days and we have to euthanize. them. Wow. Because uh, they they uh, you know, they just can't be saved, but they needed to be taken out of the situation they were in.
1: Right, right.
2: And that's hard. That's really hard to do that because, you know, it's not necessary.
1: So, do you get a lot of them from like the 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 roper situation?
2: Uh, we don't get that many from the ropers. Uh, over the years, we've got some. What happens with the donkeys that are used by the ropers uh, is they will shut down emotionally. Uh, it's the only way they've got to protect themselves, and uh, so they will shut down emotionally, and then they're no—they're not of, of any use. So uh, we—in fact, we've got one that's been here uh, over twenty years, and uh, his—he was in a roping uh, school, and uh, he shut down emotionally. And they called and asked if we would take him, take him, and we did. He was here for over three years before he ever reacted to us or to the other donkey. I mean, he just uh, stood around and and didn't move until one day, I guess, he moved his ear or something and nothing hurt him. And so then he just slowly came out of his shell. And he's the sweetest animal on the planet. still likes people. But uh, he went through a pretty rough time.
1: So they're pretty emotional animals then?
2: They're very emotional animals. Uh, they And they, they're... they're to me, they're more like dogs than they are like horses in the way they, they interact with people. Uh, uh, you know, a lot of people think they're just little little horses, but they really are. Their their their
3: mindset
1: is totally different than a horse. Mm-hmm. So the, and they like to be around people. <laughs> yeah, I've actually known some donkeys in uh, different places when you know I saw when I did animal control, and they do they like they'd come right up on the porch and on the <laughs> decks and stuff because they wanted to be you know around people. Oh yeah, they learn how to open doors. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. so one of the things I guess then when we're talking about them shutting down emotionally and stuff is, you know, because donkeys are known for the stubbornness and the streak and stuff, but um, and that's that, one of the things I was reading on your, your guys' page, actually, but a lot of times that's just what people, they're they're misconstruing that as stubbornness, and it's when the donkey is more than likely shutting down or fearful and stuff like that. Um, well, they
2: need to trust their humans, uh, you know, and if, if, if the human is putting them in a situation that they don't understand or that the person hasn't been able to... Uh, make them understand what they're trying to get them to do, uh, they'll shut down. And uh, they, you know, it it might be danger, it might be just something that they don't understand. So, as a person, you might have to change the way you're asking him to do something. So you have to put a lot of thought into it sometimes. (laughs) We we have what we call donkey time. If you're in a hurry you better not try to work with a donkey because he will know it <laughs> and it's going to take you twice as long as you thought it was going to uh-huh. because,
3: <laughs>
2: because uh, if nothing else he's going to be trying to figure out why you're in such a hurry because he's not in, in a hurry so what's your what's your problem and <laughs> it's fun to watch their minds work it really is but <laughs> <laughs> sometimes horse people don't appreciate that, that difference in them. You yeah. know, a lot of times, uh, uh, uh oh, uh, well, it's funny sometimes because, uh, uh, horse people will think, oh, well, you know, I can just behave like I would with a horse. And, uh, donkeys, they pick up on that pretty quick. And it, it usually doesn't
1: work out too well. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I've seen, uh, I think a friend of mine had the donkey ones. They like, the, they like to have their little play toys and stuff like that, too, don't they? They like the oh, balls yeah. and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah,
3: I mean, yeah, they, yeah they,
2: they like to play, uh, especially, uh, well, I've had people ask me, they, they, they want to get a, a, a couple of donkeys, and they say, well, what should I get? Should I get a, a, a male and a female, or should I get two males or two females? Or, you know, and I say, well, you should get, it depends on what you want to expect from them. If you want to have two donkeys out there that you
3: watch play a lot, that, you know, they like to play, they like to play fight,
2: and act like that, like, a, like boys, uh, get two gelding. And if you want to have two girlfriends out there that kind of hang around together and they, they're always together and, and you get to watch them and, you know, all that sort of stuff, get two girls. And if you want to see uh, a, a, like an old married couple with her leading and him following,
3: and she's going to decide, you know, we're going over here in this time, and so he's going to go with her,
2: or he's going to say, well, are we going over here to get a drink? No, you don't want to get a drink right now, so he'll go wherever she goes. I said, get a male and a female, and it it usually works out (laughs) quite a bit that
1: way. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. So you you should more than likely have more than one donkey because they are a herd animal and they'd like to have companionship
2: right we uh we don't adopt out actually we do not adopt out as horse companions because if i figure that we
3: uh
2: we owe them to have a friend of their own to have a friend of their own type Mm
3: -hmm. so
2: we adopt out either two donkeys or if there's already a donkey in the family uh we'll adopt out one okay but uh we generally do not adopt out. Now, we've actually had, over the years, we've had a couple of donkeys that preferred to be with horses because they were probably put with horses when they were very young. Mm -hmm. And uh, so consequently, they were used to being around horses instead of donkeys. uh, But but generally speaking, we uh, adopt out two donkeys.
1: Okay. Well, how long do donkeys live? What's their lifespan?
2: Their lifespan can be 40 to 50 years uh if they're in good health and and taken care of uh,
3: the average lifespan in a third world country at this time is approximately seven to nine years huh. uh
2: they, they start working them when they wean them at six months uh they have very little health care uh they don't worm uh for the most part they're looking uh there's There's two organizations in the in the world, uh, the Brook uh, Institute and uh, the Donkey Sanctuary in England, that have uh, vans, vet vans that they have in Africa and in some of the island areas and, and different parts of the world. And what they do is they go into to the areas with these vans and they'll set up in the middle of a small village to. You know, help any of the donkeys that the people have, and the people bring their donkeys in, and they and they're showing them about things like fly masks, and worming, and making sure that the equipment that they use for packing and everything uh, fits the animal. Uh-huh. And, uh, and because most of the people, if a man in a third world country has a donkey, a lot of times he's, he's a lot better off than a lot of his neighbors. And so he wants to take care of that animal. He wants that animal to be able to work for him. Uh, Maybe that animal, it might be miles to the closest water source,
3: and that animal packs the water for the family. Right. uh, So, you know, it's
2: a vital role in their family. Uh, So he wants to take care of it, but if he doesn't know how to take care of it, or if he doesn't have access to, say, fly masks, uh, you know,
1: uh, it, and, and it's just part of the learning process, right? You know, it's awesome that uh, they're doing that and showing those people how to take care of the donkeys. That's really, that's really a good prog- uh, program for them to have over there.
2: Oh yeah, it's, it's it's a wonderful program. It's it's helping the animals. It's helping the family, uh, and you know, it's just uh, it's just something that needs to be done. Because I mean, for an animal that could live forty years, to only live nine, in you
1: know, that's, that's bad. Yeah. And it says a lot that, you know, and like you said, I mean, it is, it's a valuable part of their family and their life. I mean, you know, when you have an animal that you have to rely on to bring water because you don't have a water source, I mean, yeah, most definitely right. you're going to want to take care of that animal. I mean, <laughs> otherwise, oh, yeah. otherwise yeah. you might not make it either, you know. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome, though. Um. So let's actually talk a little bit about the history of the donkey and how, I guess, they kind of started out uh, being pack animals.
2: Well, people might find this hard to believe, but they are one of the oldest known pack animals. Them and llamas are uh, the oldest animals. About 6,000 years
0: uh, they've been used as pack animals. Wow. Long before horses.
2: Horses were used as food before they were used as uh, as, as a uh, riding animal or a pack animal. Right. And uh, so about 2,000 years ago, uh, when the Silk Road was running from the Pacific Ocean to the Mediterranean, uh, the donkeys were being used to haul uh, goods over the Silk Road. And uh, it was about a 4,000-mile trip. So probably no donkeys made it from one end of the trip to the other. Huh. So they a lot of them dropped off or you know and uh, um, I'm sure some of the boys got together with the girls and uh, right. <laughs> so uh, you had donkeys from different areas uh, on the trail which intermi- you know intermixed the greetings and so you ended up with different there's about I think there's about 40 some different species uh, breeds of donkeys.
1: Oh, wow. Uh, I didn't know that.
2: Well, uh, most of the ones we have in the United States, I'm I'm sure a lot of people are are familiar with the cross on the backs of donkeys. Uh Uh-huh. That goes down the middle of their back and then across their shoulders. Right, right. Uh, That's actually uh, from the Nubian wild ass in Africa. Oh, my. Okay. And
3: also, there is a Somalian wild ass uh, that has what we call
2: bracelets. They have uh, stripes around their legs. Uh, they're probably, I don't know if they've been hanging around with zebras or what, but well. <laughs> they, they have these stripes. And some of the donkeys, we have one here, uh, Boaz, that has the stripes and also has the, the uh, cross. So he's got some Samoian and Nubian wild ass in him. Uh Both of those are no longer in the wild. Uh, they, they become extinct. Oh, okay. Oh,
1: that's too but bad. But you have, there's,
2: there's so many different breeds. Uh, there's one called a French patou. I don't think that's the correct pronunciation, but uh-huh. that's the way i pronounce it. it. Uh, that have very
0: long hair. They call <coughs> them the dreadlock dogs. Oh, excuse me. And we have two here that have some of
2: that uh, patou in them. And so they have very long hair. And uh, they're built what they call drafty. Uh, and so there, there's a lot of different breeds. We just... Don't ever think of it, because we usually see the little gray donkey with the stripe on
1: his back. Yeah, yeah, I never knew that there were that many different breeds of donkey. That's amazing. Yeah, (laughs) yeah.
2: But uh, they used to, uh, when they got to the Mediterranean, uh, the Greeks found out that they were small animals, and they could walk through the uh, paths between their vines and in their their gardens and things. So... uh, they were used,
3: so when they got to the end of the, the uh, trip on the Silk Road, there was a
2: market for them there. And then, so they started dispersing out all over, you know, the Mediterranean and all over uh, southern Egypt, uh, Europe. So, uh, you yeah, it was quite a, they got around, took them a while, but they got around all over the place. <laughs>
3: huh.
2: And they've, uh, they've found uh, records, uh, archaeologists have found records of them. Uh, there is uh, paintings on, in uh, Egypt on the uh, pyramids, there's pictures of the donkeys, and uh, they've, you know, they, the civilizations have been built on the backs of the donkeys, because a lot of areas, uh, you know, uh, other transportation couldn't go. So, uh, they've been quite important and vital to man over the centuries.
1: Right. I think they've actually depicted or had donkeys in uh, different movies I've watched, you know, about uh, Egypt and stuff like that, too. So. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I didn't know that they'd been pack animals for that long, though. That's amazing. Oh,
2: yeah. Well, and they came over with Christor- Christopher Columbus.
3: Uh-huh. And,
2: uh, actually, uh, there's three sizes of donkeys. There's miniatures, and there's the standard donkeys, what we think of as the minor donkey. you know, Uh-huh gray donkey. And then there's mammoths. Anything over 54 inches high in the withers is a mammoth. And those guys can get pretty pretty big. Yeah. Uh, and uh, when George Washington was president, he wanted some of those mammoths to breed uh, to uh, draft mares to get the big, what we call cotton mule, uh, the great big heavy-built uh, uh, mules,
3: Okay. And the king of Spain had never let any of
2: the mammoths come. Uh, they had two areas, Andalusia and uh, uh, Catalonia uh, are the two areas in Spain that had the mammoths. And uh, he would not allow them to be exported out of the country. So I guess George Washington uh, uh, pleaded his case, and uh, so the king sent him to... Uh, Jennies and two Jacks. One of the Jacks dry, died on the trip over on, on board ship. And so when they came over, he had two Jennies and uh, the Jack. And that's where the Mammoth started in the United States. Huh. And, uh, so that, that was, <laughs> I guess if you're
1: president, you can ask for stuff. <laughs> hey, and that's a pretty good piece of trivia. How huh? many people know that George yeah. Washington got the mammoth yeah. donkeys over here going, you know? <laughs> there you go, yeah. <laughs> Father um, of our country, bringer of mammoth donkeys. <laughs>
2: there you go. And, and uh, the Sp- Spanish, when they came over here, uh, they had a lot of uh, the donkeys with them when they were uh, coming through on their conquest. And uh it was you know, they they've they've been around for a long time.
1: Now, why do you think it is like, um and you, you said something about, you know, the, the donkeys for the mines and stuff. Why do you think it is that the the miners and even up in the Grand Canyon using, I think they use more of the donkeys than they do any like mules and stuff like that. Why why do they choose to use the donkeys for a lot of that type of work, like dragging the carts down into the mines and then like over in the Grand Canyon on some of those steep trails and stuff? Well,
2: the donkeys, uh, the way they're built, uh, a donkey that weighs, Uh, 400 pounds is as strong as an 800 pound horse Uh, they have a flat muscle structure uh, unlike the bulging muscles that a horse has and uh, consequently uh, they can carry twice as they can do twice as much uh, uh, you know pulling wise and and carrying wise Uh, they take less food uh... You know, uh, and 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 at times in our history, that's been important. You know, whether they could, and it's always important if they can, if they can, you know, work twice as hard. uh, They can take the heat better because they're a desert animal, and so that's important a lot of times. Uh, A lot of people, uh, uh, you know, those things are important to them. So consequently, they'll use the the mules and the donkeys. where they would, you know, not have the horses. Donkeys and mules were important, uh, a lot more important, well, in oxen, uh, in settling the West.
4: Mm-hmm. You know, they always
2: show the cowboys on the horses, and everybody riding around on horses and everything else. Uh, they actually used more mules and, and uh, oxen and, and donkeys than they did horses in settling.
1: Yeah. they used the trains. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, but the oxen uh, usually pulled the wagons for the wagon trains and stuff a lot of times. Yeah,
2: yeah. But uh, uh, the, the mules and the donkeys, uh, they can get along on a lot less food and should have less food. That's what people, that a lot of times people will overfeed them, and that's where they run into problems health-wise is uh, because they feed them like they were a horse, and uh, they don't need to be fed like that.
1: Right, right. So when I was looking at your... Um guys' uh, Facebook page and, and website and stuff, I had noticed on there that you had some information on there that talked about the donkey donkey skin trade. <laughs> I had I guess I had not heard of that. I mean, was that a <laughs> well, thing way back when? Is it still a thing now? I mean, should we be talking no, about this?
2: <laughs> yeah, no, it, it, it has become a big problem in uh, the world. Uh, it's called EJOWL. And it is an ancient herb uh, well it's an ancient medicinal Chinese uh, medicine and uh, they use the skin of the donkeys to uh, make a gel that is used in a lot of uh, of their me- me- medicinal stuff uh, and it's, it's supposed to be a uh, um, how would I say this? Uh, <laughs>
3: the guys like to take it uh, in
1: China. <laughs> Does it help them out a little bit? Is that what I we're saying? No, but it's one of the things. It, it helps
2: to sell
1: the product. I guess I don't know. Anyway, uh... <laughs> all right. Is anybody doing a study on that? <laughs>
2: <laughs> well,
3: anyway,
2: uh, we uh, uh, in, in the last. Uh, it used to just be for the for the uh, kings or the rich people in in China I guess they didn't have kings. uh emperor but, uh, yeah there you go uh, but it used to, they used to be the only ones that it was that used it and they've got it down now to where it it's used by every for, for all these different reasons that they use it for uh, it is decimating the world population of donkeys uh what they're doing is they're going in to areas say like in africa and they'll go into a village and they're offering people uh enough money for their donkey uh that you know uh they could live on for a year oh wow and the people are selling their donkey because they, oh well think they can go get another one well the problem is is they're destroying the market You know where the where the man was buying a donkey for, uh, you know, uh, maybe a month's wages, or you know, uh, now the price has gone up because these people are there buying all the donkeys. So it's decimating the donkey population in in a lot of the uh, Africa and a lot of other areas. Uh, It's a horrendous situation for the donkeys. One of the things is is if.
1: If they're dehydrated and if they are not fed, the skin comes off easier. Uh, oh, my God.
2: So it, and and they're, they're calling them long distances uh, without food and water. And long distances, I mean, you're, you're talking about from one continent to another.
1: Uh, and it, it, it's horrendous. Uh, they're saying that in a few years, there may be less than 5 million donkeys in the world. Oh, my
2: God. Uh,
3: because of this, this
2: situation. so But it's called EJOW. And uh, it's something, I mean, you can find it on, on the Internet. Uh, it's, it's spelled E-J-I-A-O, I believe. And uh, it's, it's horrendous.
1: Well, it sounds like uh, this is something that some of these humane groups need to get involved in. And, a lot of them are. Yeah? A lot of them are.
2: Yeah. Yeah. But when, when money's involved, right? Know, it, it,
1: it is hard. it makes
2: it complicated.
1: Right, right. Yeah. Wow, that's a ama- That is just crazy. I didn't even, I had no idea that that was even a thing going on until I saw it on your page. I'm like, what is that about? Oh, yeah. Yeah,
2: it's, it's, and it's been going on for quite some time. In fact,
3: uh, years ago. Uh, probably, I don't know, eight or ten years ago, I had a gentleman
2: call me, and he had a, a like a Chinese accent, and he wanted to know if I had any donkeys to sell. Hmm. And uh, I told him, I said, I, we don't sell our donkeys, you know. And uh, I mean, he was very nice and everything, and I don't know if he was part of the trade or not.
1: More than was, likely, though.
2: Yeah, it was just, it was, it
3: was an unusual call.
1: Right.
2: And uh, so...
1: Wow, well, that's good information out there for all you people that have donkeys. If you don't want that kind of thing to happen to them, don't be selling them to maybe some shady people out there. Wow. are out there, unfortunately. You know, there is, and you know, and why did I, and I don't mean this in any kind of a derogatorily or racist type way, just to cover my butt out there with everything going on nowadays, but... Um, you know, it just seems like for whatever reason, the Chinese, I, I just don't understand. I mean, they got the, you know, it's the dog meat. I mean, you oh, know. Yeah. Well, that, they, right now, they've got that festival that they do every year going on. Oh, is that going on again right now? Yeah, the, the dog festival. Oh, yeah. I thought they were trying to get that shut down. I think some of the cities over there actually banned it or don't do it anymore. Yeah, but some of them still do. Yeah, I know, I know. It's terrible over there for that, too. But I, I think, you know... And the funny part is, as I heard, because of the COVID thing, I didn't really think that they were um, consuming the dog meat like they had been because they were all kind of freaking out <laughs> over over everything that happened, you know, with the COVID yeah. and stuff. So, well, um, it'd be nice if it was that way, but, uh, I, yeah, they,
2: they, they said it's, going on at least part, at
1: some places in the country. Yeah, I didn't I didn't realize it was that time, but yeah, like I said, I think it did maybe, the, the whole COVID thing, I think maybe did put a little bit of a damper on it, thank God, but... Yeah. And, yeah. you know, there's a lot of people getting involved with it, Well, maybe if we, you know, maybe more people can get involved now, you know, hopefully hearing this on the podcast about what's going on with the donkeys, yeah, and try yeah. to help get something done, you know, with that, too, and maybe we can get uh, both, both things ended over there, the Dog meat and the donkey trade going on. My goodness, that worked for me. Yeah, I mean, you know, hey, you never know. I mean, we're making they're making big strides in trying to end the cosmetic testing and stuff, and even some of the cosmetic uh, in uh, giants are all about now trying to end their cosmetic testing because they do realize, you know, it's not a good thing; it's inhumane, and they have other ways of you know doing their testing and stuff. They've come a lot further now. So, oh
2: yeah,
1: um, yeah, yeah, because yeah, I. They, I Right, yeah, well, we just talked about it. I had my Animal Cruelty Part 2 podcast on a few weeks ago, and uh, uh, Kelly Pinkleton from HSUS, we were talking about, just touched on it a little bit because she actually isn't one of the people there that are involved in that so much she has co-workers that are so um, I'm going to see about maybe getting one or two of them on to possibly actually talk about that and get a little more in depth but it's a, like I, but getting off track there but it's amazing just some of the uh, strides you know that are being made when you can get enough people to you know get together and uh, try to make a difference I mean you know well
2: and just like you said about the donkey skin trade people don't know about these things they don't know what's going on right and uh, Unless they run across it, or or somebody tells them about it, or something like that, and uh, you know, and most people are good people.
3: Most yeah. people want to do what's right, but if they don't know about it, uh, even if they did want to get involved, they don't have any way of knowing that
2: it's even
1: happening. Right, exactly. So hopefully, we're remedying that just a little bit tonight. I mean, I don't know how many people will actually listen or download this, but. Hopefully it'll get out to a few people, and those few people will spread the word a little bit more, and and you know the ripple effect will happen. So yeah. that's, that's always what, a good thing. What, that's what makes change. Exactly, that's exactly right. So hopefully we'll be making a little bit of change here tonight for for some people and in, involving themselves in the donkey skin trade. My God, yeah. <laughs> amazing. Yeah. So um, I want to talk a little bit uh, about, uh, you mentioned you do have some volunteers and stuff out there. Um, So what about volunteers and donations? Um, How might a person go about uh, becoming a volunteer out there with you? Um, and I know pretty much any rescue always loves to get the the monetary donations because it does help with the vet bills and stuff like that and buying things. but uh, besides monetary donations, what other kind of donations could you guys use out there as well? So Well,
2: we can always uh, uh, have people come out and uh, grooming. I love to have people come out and groom because that's when when we get in the day to day, you know, taking care of the donkeys, feeding the donkeys, doing this with the donkeys, that with donkeys. Grooming is the last thing we get to, and uh, if people could come out and and uh, groom on the donkeys, that that would be great. The donkeys love it, the people love it, and uh, you know, it's just, it's just a, a neat way for them to bond. Uh, we have feeding and grooming, and we have trails to maintain. Uh, Shelter construction, uh, cleaning, uh, knocking down cobwebs would help. <laughs> I've been noticing lately the spiders have been really, really busy. Uh, but, I mean, there's, there's always something to do. Uh, there's never enough time in the, in the day. And I like to have people come out and do stuff with the donkeys Because, you know, most people, that's what they want to do. They want to pet the donkeys or play with donkeys or something like that. And, and the donkeys love it. So, uh you know if people want to come out and do stuff like that that's great right. uh, donations are, are well they're getting more important than they used to be uh, because when we were private uh, John and I took care of uh, the expenses for the most part and uh, but now that we're a nonprofit uh, I guess that's going to change so we just became a nonprofit in February and so we're kind of new to this we're, we're really not Sure, how this is going to go, but uh, uh, you know, so donations, drawings appreciated, uh, carrots and animal crackers. You know, when people come out, if they want to bring carrots and animal crackers, uh, the donkeys really like that. <laughs> I bet they do. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're well, well, like attention
1: and food. We're good.
2: <laughs> yeah, that. Oh, yeah, they love that. Uh, and actually, uh, I don't know if anybody knows about donkeys. Uh, eating abilities that they will eat just about anything
1: and uh, are you sure they, they're not mixed with goats then
2: <laughs> well actually they and goats have a lot in common believe me uh, <laughs> uh, years ago we had a, 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 a people that would used to send us potatoes every year and uh, once a year we'd get this box of potatoes that they raised they were potato farmers and so we went to town one day and we came home and the uh, potatoes had been delivered And the the
3: FedEx or the UPS guy, where he had put it, the doggies could reach through the vent
2: and get to them. (laughs) There were potatoes strung everywhere, but the box was gone. They ate the box. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) So, uh, and and like uh, a lot of times, you know, if you're eating an orange, you can give them the peel. They love the peel.
1: Oh, my. That's so funny. Bananas. They like the banana peeling. I had no. no idea that they like to eat that kind of stuff. I would never oh, have yeah. thought about that. I mean, I, I would imagine, you know, the stuff that horses eat, the hay, you know, about the pellets, uh, stuff like that. Never in no, a million years no. would have thought about a banana peel or an orange peel. Well, in
2: fact, uh, uh, the couple is here in the winter. They're from Colorado. And uh, they, uh, in the summer, uh, they, they do pack burrow racing up there with, with, with their donkeys. Well, and some of ours that are healthy enough. Anyway, and of course, this year has been messed up. They haven't, I don't think they've had a race yet. But uh, a lot of times what they'll do is uh, they'll have areas where they have stop for for the, the people, you know, a check-in place, like a table and everything. And they'll have oranges sliced for, for the people to, to kind of wet their whistle, so to speak. And and the people eat the orange, and then they give the peelings to their donkey as they take off again. So uh, you know, it's just uh, it's kind of a bonding experience, I guess.
3: Huh?
1: (laughs) That is so funny. I love it. That's great. (laughs) So, um, if someone say wants to come out and you know help out, do some grooming and stuff, do you just asking about like kids? Um, say uh-huh. if a parent wants to, you know, have, you know, they want to bring their kids, not saying little toddler-like type kids, but, you know, yeah. you know, maybe 8, 9, 10 years on up, um, is that okay, too? The kids get to come and maybe help groom and stuff like that, too? Yeah, we like
2: for them to be about 10 or above, because uh-huh. usually if they're younger than that, uh, most of
1: them get bored. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah, I can just kind of see. I, I'm actually. I, I told Suzanne. It was funny when I first emailed her about uh, you know having you guys on the podcast. Suzanne is uh-huh. this is one of the other uh, ladies out there at Forever Home. Um, I told her I was going to see about bringing my grandchildren. out. I have a. Well, oh, she's going to be eight years old here in about two more weeks. I have an eight year old uh-huh. granddaughter and a thirteen year old grandson, and uh, i I'm going to tell you what she ain't going to get bored. She absolutely loves horses, and I know ah, that she would yeah. love to come and see the donkeys, and she would love to be able to groom them and feed them and stuff, so she won't see, get that bored.
2: Would, that, would, that would work out great. Uh,
1: the, the ones I'm talking about are the, usually it's boys. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think, you know, I think my 13-year-old grandson's actually going to like it, too, because I was talking to him about it, and he actually seemed like he was kind of excited to come out and see the donkeys and stuff, Yeah, but too. a 7-
2: or 8-year-old boy.
1: Yeah, yeah, they would be a little more bored. I can see that. If you can't,
2: actually, we yeah, actually, we had uh, one time we had a a group of kids here from a from an organization, and uh, they were they were you know seeing the donkeys and everything else. Well, a couple of the boys got bored, and so we have a a little uh, mini mule here that uh, uh, when we got him, he had. Well, I don't think he'd had a very good life. And he, he's become very independent throughout his life. And uh, he's not sure that people really need to be messing with him. Me. So he's, he's kind of hard to deal with. He's actually one of Suzanne's favorites. She, she's bound and determined that she's, he's going to be her buddy and she's going to be his buddy. <laughs> but anyway, so to th- this day, these boys decided they were going to chase him. Uh-oh. And so they took off running after him. And he took off running. And so, everybody was kind of watching this deal, you know, and we got to watching him and Casper, he's white, so we we call him Casper, and we watched him and he was, he was watching them. uh, he was turning his head and watching them out of the corner of his eye. And if they started losing ground, he'd slow down. (laughs) And then if they started catching up, he'd speed up. (laughs) So he was, and and boy, these kids—they they just thought they were having the greatest time. They were almost catching him. Uh, no, they weren't. Uh, and at any time, I mean, we got enough trees; he could have hit anywhere. So you know, he was—he was just playing with them. Oh my god! Played, mules are really good about playing games, anyway. But he's—he's he's particularly good at it. So that's
1: awesome. That is so funny.
3: <laughs> so, I don't.
2: I want to know. We, we, you know, there, if anybody wants to come out and uh, you know mess with the donkeys, uh, just putting them on a halter and leading them around because some of them need you know remedial training. Uh-huh. Uh huh. There's, there's, you know, there's, there's, always something to do if somebody would like to come out. Uh,
1: well, hopefully, people and, like I said will hear you hear you talking to tonight, and uh, you maybe you'll get a couple more people come out and help.
2: Yeah, yeah. well, I hope so, because uh, we liked, one of the reasons that we, we started doing tours and doing things like that is, it's amazing to me how many people have come out that have never seen a donkey in person. Oh, really? That have never touched a donkey. Uh, never, I don't know how many times I've heard somebody say, you know, I never thought about donkeys you know or why do you rescue donkeys uh you know people just they're just one of those forgotten animals that people don't really think about they think about dogs and cats and horses and, and you know things like that but then here's the the little donkey that nobody ever thinks about
1: yeah yeah that's true and, i think donkeys are so cute they're very cute
2: yeah yeah yes they are <laughs> there's nothing cuter than a little baby donkey oh my gosh i, don't, I know <laughs> Like a little stuffed toy, Yes, they they're covered with all this fuzzy
1: hair. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> that is very true. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, yep, yep. I, they're they're definitely. I think they're one of the cuter. Their little, their long ears and those little sad faces that they have. Sometimes those big old brown eyes. Oh my god, they're so cute. Oh yeah, yeah. So, but
2: if anybody wants to get in touch with us, uh, they can just do a search on uh, Donkey Rescue Arizona or Forever Home
1: Donkey Rescue. And it'll bring up different ways to get in touch with it. Yep, and, I'm going to uh, post your information on my Facebook page as well, so people—I do okay. that for everybody. Uh, anybody that listens always knows. Calling all creatures! I posted on my Facebook page a link to your uh, your web page, and then um, you know, yeah, you, you know, they can just type "Forever Home" Donkey right in for Facebook and find you. That's pretty easy. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I'll, yeah, I put it out there too, so hopefully it gives people an extra link if they want to click on it. Good. So, um, oh my gosh, I just blanked on what I was going to say to you about uh, the, the donkeys. <laughs> that is crazy. Oh, I guess it wasn't anything important there, but, uh, okay. Um, well, if it was, maybe it'll come back Yeah, to me, maybe yeah. while we talk here a little bit more. Um, so do you have any favorite kind of rescue stories or anything from out there or adoption stories?
2: Any what kind of stories?
1: Any favorite ones?
2: Uh, favorite ones. Well, uh, hmm, let me see. Not offhand. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one thing I did want to talk about was uh, the BLM donkey. Okay, yeah. And uh, uh, I don't know if everybody knows that. Uh, they know about the. Well, I don't know if they know about it or not. Uh, the Mustang BLM uh, program
1: for the burrows. Oh, there's and, one for the burros. Okay, well, I didn't really yeah. know one about that. I mean, obviously I knew about the the Mustang one. I didn't know they had one, right, I guess, right. for that, too. Well,
2: actually, uh, they a lot of times they share the, the same range. Uh, uh-huh. A lot of times, they, that's why there's mules born in, in, in the wild. Occasionally, you'll find a mule in the wild because some j- jack uh, <laughs> decided that we need a mule, more mules. Yeah. Anyway, uh <laughs> Uh, that the BLM, uh, of course, is, is rounding up the mustangs in the burrows, mm-hmm. and they have a lot of them in holding areas. Uh, one of the things that they've started doing in the last few years is they're having a, a prisoner training program where they take a lot, and they have one up in Florence uh, at the at the prisons up there, uh, where the prisoners, some of the prisoners are. Uh, training the BLM mustangs and donkeys uh, so that they have a better chance of getting a good home.
3: Oh wow! Uh, okay.
2: If you take a if you take a a, a a donkey off of the range, actually, we always tell people because a lot of people come out and we don't have a donkey for them to uh, adopt, and we t- we tell them you need to to go to the BLM because they have this program where they have adoptions all over the United States. And they take uh, the Mustangs and the Burros into different areas, and people can adopt them. And people say, Oh, well, they're wild. Well, we've found out over the years that usually the, the donkeys that come off of the range are easier to work with than a donkey that has been messed up because of the people that, he, that they've been with. Right. So a lot of times they're better off getting one. A lot of times the people uh, are riding them or using them within 60 to 90 days after they uh, adopt them.
3: Oh, wow. Okay?
2: Because they're easier to work with, they, they, they have, man hasn't messed them up. Uh-huh. And so, uh, so this prisoner program is really, really a good thing. We did a, uh, we went up to a pack barrel race in Superior uh, last October and some of the, the uh, prisoners brought in uh, donkeys, one of them had on a pack, one of them was pulling a card. Uh, I forget what the other one was doing. And, you know, I mean, here's a trained animal that uh, people could get. Uh, and uh, so, that, you know, that really works out well for the donkeys and also for the prisoners and also for the uh, right. uh, the people that are getting them. Because a lot of times, because people are told that, you know, donkeys don't take any care, you don't have to do anything with them, uh, a lot of people that don't know anything about them will get one. Well, if you have a strong-willed donkey, uh, if, if you're not in charge, this is one thing that's very important about donkeys, is somebody has to be in charge in this herd. And it really works out better if it's the person. Because if the person doesn't take over their job of being the leader, the donkey will. Because right. they, they know somebody has to be in charge. So, uh, and this doesn't work out good when you've got a, a person that doesn't know what they're doing, right? So, so getting these trained uh, donkeys burrowed from the uh, you know the prison training is really really uh, helped a lot for donkeys
3: getting good homes. Wow, that's and awesome. They, al- they also have another thing they call tip training, where donkeys are going
2: out to people to train them, do minimum training on them, uh, pick up the the stand tied. Uh, you know, just the basics. Because BLM, in years gone past, they had no training at all. They brought them in off the range, they'd adopt them out, and good luck. So yeah. these programs are helping donkeys stay in, in, uh, in stay in uh, homes more so than they used to. Because a lot of used to, they a lot of times they were just handed around because uh, they couldn't do anything with them because they didn't know what they were doing.
1: That's right. Well, and unfortunately, probably the donkeys and the and the mules that ended up out there, along with a lot of those wild mustangs, went to a lot of slaughterhouses, too.
2: Oh, they and, did. They did. Yeah. yeah. In fact, they, uh, uh, oh, yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah, it's been, it's been a pretty sad situation. And, you know, people, uh, a lot of people, uh, you know, yelled and clapped and thought it was great, but there were no more slaughterhouses in the United States. Uh, but the problem there is is just as many are going to slaughter, they're just being hauled farther.
1: Well, yeah. There's,
2: sla- there's slaughterhouses in Canada and there's slaughterhouses in Mexico. Yep. And uh, so, you know, the same amount are being slaughtered. It's just, it's, you know,
3: it, it's harder on the
1: animals. Yeah, and I think, I don't know, it seems to be a little bit more hidden for whatever reason. I know they've actually had a... Uh, people go in undercover with cameras and stuff and actually literally follow these trucks that were loaded with those horses and donkeys and mules and stuff from BLM down to some of them oh, slaughterhouses.
2: Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, and they had names. They, I mean, they had names of people that were getting these animals, and it was the same names over and over.
1: Right, exactly. You
2: know? Yeah, so it was, it was
1: pretty sad. Yeah. But yes it it was, and uh i I know it's i'm I'm sure it's still happening now. I don't know to what extent as much now that it's become a little bit more known, but yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: but that's another one of those things that people don't realize I mean, just like people not knowing that that there are donkeys out there that need rescue or that that you know the donkeys even uh are you know out there uh, if they don't know that they're still going to slaughter, or if they don't know uh, that they're hauling them in double-decker trucks, uh, you know, it, it helps if, if people do learn about these things and start talking to each other.
1: Well, you know, and, right um, in right there in Benson, there's a, a horse auction, and the ones that don't get auctioned off, that's where they go.
2: They're called kill buyers.
3: Mm-hmm. They they go around to all of the uh,
2: auctions and they they get them for, you know, almost nothing.
3: Yeah. And uh, and another thing that people might not know about is
1: uh, you have, uh, on on the internet, you have like Craigslist or you
2: have a a trader magazine or something like that. Uh, You know, I have a 28-year-old horse or donkey uh, that needs a good home. Uh, for free. Right. And, and you'll have somebody show up, uh, and it's an older gentleman or, or, you know, it's just, it's, it's somebody that looks like you could trust them. And he says, oh, my wife would just love him. He looks just like a horse she had." Or, oh, when my, my, my girl was a little girl, we had a donkey and that looks just like her donkey look. She'll be so thrilled. As soon as he gets a trailer load, he goes
3: to Mexico yep and and you know people think
1: you know this couldn't happen but it happens every day happens with dogs and cats too same thing exactly the same thing yeah people come to get the cute little kitten and everything and take it home and use it for bait exactly exactly you know it's yeah I, you know, sad that people are so trusting sometimes. You know, it's like you got to vet these people. you got to ask questions. you got to go take a look at where they're, you know, their place. I mean, there's a lot of things that you have to do to make sure your animal goes to a good home.
2: Oh, I know. And, and you've been involved with, with uh, animal control and animal, you know, problems. Right. So you know, you know what the grittier side of it
1: is. Yes, unfortunately and, I do. Yeah,
2: yeah. But most people don't. I mean, you know, they they go to work, they go to school, you know, they take care of the kids, uh, you know, watch a little television, whatever, yeah. play a little baseball, I don't know. And, uh, you know, they never think about it because
1: they've never had to. Right. That's why, you know, I was... When I started in animal control, my kids were still younger. I mean, my daughter was a, a young teenager, and my son was, wasn't was a teenager yet when I started. So um, they kind of grew up in that world, you know, more or less. And I, I took them to the animal shelter with me. They helped me clean on the weekends that it was my time to clean and and stuff yeah. like that. And they, my son helped me... Um, Uh, With adoption events and stuff, he'd uh, come with me to PetSmart and stuff like that. So, you know, they got brought up in that world, so they they knew the things that could happen and what happens to a lot of animals in shelters. You know, all these people that just think they miraculously make it out. Well, you know, so much. I mean, when there's no one that's going to take them, it's really hard, you know, to try to. I mean a lot of shelter don't get me wrong a lot of shelter including myself when I was managing the Benson shelter a lot of us um made a lot of changes we did things differently we were more proactive We did everything possible to either get them adopted, get them to a rescue, whatever we could do to keep from having to put anything down. You know, no one, a lot of uh, shelters have gone from euthanizing for space because it's just, I mean, it's not right, number one. But, you know, people don't understand, though. I mean, and and you, you know, kind of know, too, because you're doing the rescue in the sanctuary end of it. You know you only got so much room. You can only right, take right. so many animals. And it's well, hard the, to get that across to the public. They just think that rescues like yourself and the dog and the cat ones, they just like have this infinite amount of room to take these animals in, and yeah. they don't. So it's hard well, to get people to know
3: that. Reason,
2: yeah, that's one reason why we try to have a limit, or why we tried to have a limit whenever we were, it was just John and I, you know, by ourselves. Because most, I think most of the people that end up
1: being hoarders, didn't start out that way, right? No, a lot of a lot of them don't. You're right; they don't. They they, they end and, up that way, you
2: know. And you got this. What's what's one more attitude? And then people find out that they take animals. Well, they either bring them in and hand them to them, or they let them out in their yard and you know take off and, and yeah. leave them there. while the person takes care. And and I think I think most of them. I mean, it's easy to say, oh, a hoarder is a horrible person, and I don't think they are. I
1: think most of them just get overwhelmed. Well, yeah, they do, and they don't even realize that they're being a hoarder and they're doing anything wrong. I mean, I've been to some seminars on that because of the animal control stuff. Luckily, I was able to attend some of that stuff, and one of them actually, there was a a psychologist there um, doing the presentation, and, yeah, they don't even know why people hoard. And so if they can't really figure it out, how can you really you can't really, I mean, you can help them some, but I mean, you can't, you know, get them past it, because you don't even really know what's causing it, but, yeah, a lot yeah. of people don't understand that they're not actually helping the animal out, um, they're not no. getting it the vet no. care, they think that they're literally saving that animal, so, yeah, it yeah is, but
2: to what, to harm a horrible life with a hoarder,
1: yeah, yeah, exactly, I mean, yes, that's exactly what it ends up being, and, uh, you know, it's just, hopefully, you know, people will keep reporting situations like that so that, you know, people like you and, and animal control officers and stuff can go in and get them out of those situations. We actually have yeah. one here locally kind of going on that I've been hearing about involving um, goats and stuff, so... Um, Yeah, I think there's going to have to be some phone calls made about that to at least take a look at the situation and make sure it's not going in that direction because it's kind of sounding like it is.
2: Oh, boy, yeah. Yeah. Well, and you know, one problem is, I know with, with donkeys and horses, they're classified as livestock. Right. Which... In past years, that's what they were. In this day and age, they are actually more of companion animals. And I think one of the problems that we have is most people think of them as companion animals. But the, the laws and the rules think of them as livestock.
3: Yeah. And I think
2: a lot of times that causes the problem. You know, people expect more from the system and the system is in a position to,
1: to give. Right. And I don't think and they're ever going to get that changed either because the ranchers aren't going to stand for Not in
2: Arizona. It. No, no.
1: Ranchers <laughs> but, aren't going to stand for that out here.
2: No, but I've had a brilliant idea for years, if I knew somebody that could do it, uh, if, if they could have miniature donkeys, mules, and horses classified as companion animals. I don't know if the ranchers could complain about that.
1: You know, here's the thing. Uh, Interesting, you say it like that because of the miniature part. Miniature horses are already classified as service animals.
2: Uh, yeah, yeah.
1: Ponies, miniature horses. So why? But if somebody
2: if somebody out here has got uh, got a hoarding situation, they will be treated as livestock.
1: Right, I, but that's what I'm saying. Since ADA already recognizes like the miniature horses as like service animals, they actually get a few extra protections there because if they're actually a service animal, if not, no. Yeah. But like you're saying yeah. with the miniatures like that, why couldn't we do something more along those lines like that?
2: Yeah, you know? the legislature could if they could change them to companion animals.
1: Well, uh, you know what? Maybe I know the ranchers, uh, Well, I know the
2: ranchers would say it was putting the camel but you
1: know maybe it is i don't know well uh, you know there's a person we could ask that question i could i could i could ask that question um of kelly up there at hsus and see what she says about that part of it because you know they they've been fighting you know they fight a lot for the livestock and stuff like that you know the cows the pigs and all that stuff she'd probably be the one that'd be the better one to be able to answer that type of a question on what the chances would be for something like that because she'll know and i
2: mean. You know, if they had to, if if the miniature horses are are service animals, it would not be a big step to make the mules and the uh, donkeys service animals also, and then maybe it would be another step, you know, into the legislature to have them all classified as companion animals. Yeah, I don't know.
3: I don't know either.
1: (laughs) They might, you know, they might be able to do something for the service animal thing for the miniature donkeys. But, you know, with the ADA, you also have to kind of take a look at, you know, those animals are going to be brought into other types of situations. Like, I mean, those animals are allowed on planes and in restaurants, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, you start talking about a bigger animal like a mule or even a regular-sized donkey to a mammoth. I don't know if they'd go for that because they wouldn't be able to fit in some of those places. That's why you could do it with the
3: miniatures. Well,
1: right, I guess yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they could maybe but that do something would be there. A step. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then try to go from there. Oh, well, you never know, yeah. it's it's you just never know until you ask what could happen. You, I mean, what's the worst that can happen? They say, "Well, no, we're not going to be able to do something like that." <laughs> I mean, we're already there, hey. so <laughs> <laughs> whatever works. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hey, you might get a different answer. They might say, "Well, you never know. We might be able to get something done with the miniature th- stuff." So, yeah, there you go. Exactly. And the ranchers didn't complain about that, I wouldn't think. Well, I wouldn't think they would. I mean, they don't really use, I mean, well, except for like, you know, what you're, the roper thing. I don't really think ranchers so much use miniature donkeys in their working day-to-day stuff, you know, no, rounding up no. cattle and stuff like that. I can't see a I, rancher out there on a miniature donkey trying to round up his cattle. So. <laughs> I'm sure the donkey could probably carry him, but... <laughs> That's an interesting picture. I know, right? <laughs> no. It's okay, burrito, we'll be all right. Oh well. Oh my goodness, that that would be an inter oh I could just see that portrayed as a Wild West painting, you know? <laughs> oh, rancher and miniature donkey. Yeah, that'd be great. Oh yeah. my goodness. You know, I actually remembered what I was gonna ask you. Um oh. Yeah, uh, j- beyond the like the donations and stuff like that. Do you guys also hold any types of events to uh, help out with like the donations and stuff like? I know you know I I I've talked with a uh, uh, horse and around rescue and stuff out here for the horses, uh-huh. and they do like you know trail rides and I mean obviously that's horses, but they do trail yeah. rides and you know different events to help them out with different things. Do you guys do anything like that at Forever Home? Uh,
3: well,
2: not a. We go to parades,
3: mm-hmm.
2: uh, and that—that's—I mean, we we, we don't uh, solicit donations per se. In other words, you know, we, we're just in the parade. Uh, a lot of times, we'll set up a table at, at uh,
3: uh, different events, mm-hmm. uh, like out, out at Empire Ranch. Last year, we were out there uh, and set up uh, a
2: table and brought took some donkeys out there. We have an open house on the first weekend in December in conjunction with the uh, Cascabel uh, uh, Community uh, Fair. Uh, since we've been a private all these years, we haven't really solicited that much. Right. And we just became uh, a nonprofit in February, so we're still trying to. Way through the weeds trying to figure out what's going on and
1: uh when you guys do parades do you have uh, like any banners or anything that uh, kind of says who you guys are when you're in the parades or oh yeah yeah
2: uh in fact uh we finished second in the uh, Tucson Rodeo Parade this year
1: oh awesome congratulations
2: well thank you yes we got a trophy and everything (laughs) we've been trying for three uh, years well this was the third year we had tried to be in that parade uh and uh we uh, uh, the, the first year we did about half of the parade, and it, it got all messed up. It was it was it was kind of funny in a pathetic sort of way. And then the, uh, last year, uh, it was rainy and cold and windy, and we had nineteen. We were going to have nineteen donkeys in the parade, and we had handlers for them, and people had bought outfits, you know, cowboy outfits and hats and the whole night i mean we were ready to go and i had to make a decision the night before because they said the weather was going to be bad the next morning and i had to make a decision on whether to haul donkeys in open trailers in the rain and the wind and the cold oh no or not and so i had to we canceled
1: right yeah
2: and so and then last year i'm not or this year i don't i don't remember how many we had i think we had about like 15 And we got second place, so we were quite proud of ourselves.
1: That's actually pretty awesome. Um, (laughs) Three years, but you know, that's awesome.
2: And last, uh, let's see, when was it? Year before, no, it was last year, uh, at the uh, uh, Tombstone uh, Parade for uh, Salute to the Veteran. Uh-huh. We had been in in the parade, I think, a couple of years, and we finished uh, third, I believe. And so... We said we were going to win this year. We're going to win. So boy, we went all out, and we had uh, uh, oh my gosh, we had the you know the uh, 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 kissing couple in New York after World War II, the Navy guy and the nurse. Uh huh. We had those in the parade. We had we had two Rosie the Riveters. We had uh, oh I forget what I think we had uh, uh, General MacArthur. We had a, uh, a girl from. Uh, Oh, a USO girl. You uh-huh. know, in a pretty dress and all that sort of stuff. We had all sorts of people from, from wars, different wars.
3: Oh. awesome!
2: And, uh so and by golly we won. <laughs> so.
1: Wow, that's actually pretty cool. That's actually really cool. And, yeah,
2: actually we're going to be in the there's a parade, um, uh, I think it's October the tenth. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm not sure on that. Suzanne or Linda would know that. Uh, but I think it's in October. Uh, they're going to. Uh, whatever we were supposed to be there this spring at the Tombstone Parade, uh-huh. but that was canceled because
3: right. of the, uh, COVID. So uh, I think it's in October, uh-huh. and uh, so we're going to be in that parade. So we'll be down at Tombstone. We'll set up
2: a table. We'll have our banners. We'll have our dress donkeys, our dress people, and we'll hopefully win another
1: trophy. You'll have to email me when it gets closer to that, and let and remind me so I can come over to Tombstone and watch that because I'd like to come watch it, and uh, and <laughs> I'll throw that up there on my Facebook page too, and so put it out there so okay. people know to come look at it. So yeah, email me and remind me about that. I'd like to come over there and watch that. That'd be kind of that'd be neat to see.
2: Well, having donkeys in a parade can get interesting.
3: Yeah, <laughs> because
2: there's such a thing as donkey time, uh-huh. and there's such a thing as what is that on the on the uh, street, I've never seen that before, and I'm not going close to it, <laughs> right. or they will just, uh, no, I've walked far enough, I don't want to walk anymore, <laughs> so uh, you have to be able to get you have to be able to talk donkey sometimes, or you have one that, like one year, I was uh, walking uh, one of ours, his name's Buddy Brat, and uh, we were at, in the back of our group. Well, he decided he wanted to be in the front of the group. And so by the end of the parade, I was exhausted. <laughs> I'm trying. When they get like that, you have to turn them in circles. So we actually probably went twice as far as anybody else in the parade. So, so it, you yeah. Know, donkeys in a parade
1: can be interesting. You know, it's funny when you said that, what's that in the road over there? Uh, yeah, I've never seen that before. I don't want to go buy it. I actually have a dog uh-huh. like that. <laughs>
2: Oh, do you? Well, see, you know
1: what I'm talking about. Yeah, he's actually He's he's about the size of a miniature donkey, too. I'll be honest. He's part pit bull, part mastiff, so he's a pretty big boy. Oh, my.
2: Oh, oh yeah.
1: Yeah, so literally Yeah, yeah, he does that. They they run into
2: that uh, when they're doing the Packboro racing in Colorado. They run into that. uh, You know, they'll have this race that's there's, it's somewhere between 6 miles and 29 miles long. Uh-huh. And you're running this donkey and everything else, and boy, you're in a good position, and you're going to finish really, really good, and there, there's a finish line. And he's never seen it before.
1: Right. And
2: he won't go across it. <laughs> 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 nope, never seen it. Don't want to go. Nope, not going. Fan hole. Oh, manhole covers. Oh, no. Those things are very scary. Those can be horribly scary. So, <laughs> they're, they're fun to work with. They
1: really are. Oh, my goodness. That would be just funnier than heck to see that one. It's like, what is that? Oh, yeah, that? it's oh, really no.
2: funny if you're
1: on the other end of the, the rope. I <laughs> did want to oh. get across that line. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, we were here like ten minutes before the other <laughs> Doesn't count. Sorry, those feet got go across that line. Yep, exactly. Oh my goodness, that's funny. <laughs> oh man. You know, it's funny. Uh, I was just thinking, um, my one of my friends that lives here down by me, she um, actually has a. Uh, it's called the Little Family Farm in Whetstone out here. Oh, yeah, I know where that's at. Okay, so um, anyway, my friend owns that, and um, I know she's been working on trying to. Um, uh, do some more uh, like educational type stuff out there um, and of course she's uh-huh. got you know quite a few different farm animals herself she's got some ponies. Yeah. I think I can't remember if she's got a donkey or two out there or not but um
2: she yeah. called me one time about uh wanting a donkey and uh like I said we only adopt out
1: two right and I
2: don't remember at the time if I even had any or not
1: yeah, I want to say she's got a couple out there. I can't remember now because it's been a few months since I was out there with my grandkids. But um, yeah. she's looking about doing some educational stuff. I, I should get you guys in touch with each other because if she's doing that, she might be interested in seeing if you guys might want to come out and do some educational sure. things about donkeys over there. So Yeah, um, yeah, we've been
2: out to Karchner Caverns a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we we uh and we've been out to some of the RV parks around here uh for a, a, a visit day with donkeys and you know we 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 like to go out and uh let people uh learn about the donkeys and uh get to interact with them right uh, right like i said a lot
3: of people have never never thought about
2: donkeys
1: right Sierra Vista has the thing they do over here, too. I know they've done it in Calvary. Usually it's with, the, like, the dogs and stuff like that. I can't remember what it's called now, It's, it's a, but it's an animal thing. I wonder if they'd uh, uh, do anything with donkeys and stuff like that or not. And like I said, I know this was years ago when they started doing it, and I had dogs over there because it, it was a lot of dog. Uh, they had, like, dog exhibits with sit means sit and stuff like that. But, uh ah. Um, I don't, I want to say they're still doing it. I don't know if they've moved it to the park now, though, or not. But, you know, I can ask around and stuff. That might be something that you guys might be interested in doing, too, if they, if you can bring them down and, and do an exhibit, you know, or something like sure. that, too. yeah.
2: What we do is we bring corral panels, usually, uh, uh, and we, we'll bring, uh, some, sometimes people want just the miniatures, sometimes, you know, they don't care. A lot of times we'll, we'll take a small, medium, and large, <laughs>
1: Well, it'd be interesting to see the different sizes of them, I would think, too.
2: Well, yeah, because we've we've got a little tiny guy here. that I don't know how tall he is. He's not very tall. (laughs) He's pretty short. And uh, uh, then we have the standards. And then uh, when Lynn and Linda come back from Colorado, they have two mammoths. Uh-huh. So, uh, actually, one of them is only two years, well, he's about two and a half years old now. He's still growing. He'll grow for another two or three years. Right. And uh, he's already, <laughs> he's already taller than, well, taller than most of us. So
3: wow.
2: So, he, he's, he's going to be a big boy. And I he doesn't see. know where his feet are. <laughs> so, whenever you're around him, you have, to, you have to protect your feet. When we have people come out on tours, uh... If they're not comfortable being around large animals, we leave the donkeys in their pen. Otherwise, they're out on the acreage Uh so the people can get up close and personal. And we have to warn them about Link that uh, watch your feet because he doesn't know where his are and he doesn't (laughs) probably care where yours are. So, uh, you know, you better watch him or (laughs) you.
1: Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Wow. That's amazing. So. You know I, You know what's funny? You're talking about his size. I never knew. You know. You know the cart racing horses. I uh-huh. I never knew how big those horses got. I a friend of oh, yeah. mine. Yeah, I know a friend of mine. Uh, 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 she went. She was taking care of a couple of them for someone she knew had some, and she was taking care of them. I went with her one time to go feed them and stuff, and I was like, oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> they were huge. I was like, I never knew they were this big. Oh yeah, yeah. Draft horses can get huge. Draft horses, I knew. Car horses, I didn't know. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. okay. Yeah. Okay. Well. No. Yeah. No. The, kind of, yeah,
2: their uh, their feet is what gets me is how big their feet are.
1: Yeah. And then when they I and mean, then they, they race those carts and they high step like that with those feet, I'm just yeah. It was amazing. Uh, yeah. It was amazing. I couldn't believe it. I was just like, I was just dumbstruck at how big those horses. I mean, like I said, I've, I've been around, you know, draft horses and Clydesdales, uh-huh. and I knew that they were big, but yeah, not a cart horse. I had no idea. <laughs> I thought, you know, just like a regular size, you know, like maybe a Mustang or an, even, you know, maybe even Arabian yeah. size or something, but no, these things are giants. <laughs> and
2: what's really a nice thing is most of those those big breeds, are very gentle. Mm-hmm, thank mm-hmm. God. Yeah. Because I mean, uh, you know, uh, they they're not feisty and they don't, you know, challenge for for authority or anything like that. Which is really great because something that big. I mean, they can
3: wash yeah. you
2: didn't you, oh yeah. Wall.
1: Well, my friend was—I mean, at the time I was—you know—I'm—I'm—I'm I'm, I'm about five foot five, and my friend was maybe more around five three-ish to five four maybe, and she had a hold of one of the one of the the halters, and that horse picked its head up, and she went right up off the ground. <laughs> Yeah, and then she'll oh, yeah. you know, come right back down because you know the weight but i was just like oh my goodness so yeah yeah <laughs> so i can imagine i mean the mammoths uh, you know the mammoths wow that sounds like they're going to be yeah. some pretty good sized animals
2: well and what i remember i said that they're twice as strong as a horse their size right so if link weighs probably he probably weighs about 8 eight fifty now
1: oh wow um uh,
2: so he's going he's probably by the time he gets through growing he will be as strong as a one ton horse
1: wow and
2: that's not so bad for a mammoth because he's big enough that he gets your attention right
3: mm-hmm. but
2: these minis uh when we first got the donkeys uh my husband and i were going to worm the minis mm-hmm. and so we had one that said no, I don't think I had that plan for today. Uh, I really had better, different ideas on what I wanted to do. So he's running around and around and around, and John, John gets this brilliant idea. I'm going to rope him. So um, John doesn't know how to rope, but he had a rope and it he had a loop in it. So he throws this loop out there, and Justin ran his head through it and just kept on going. And John hit the ground and, and didn't have enough sense to let go for uh, oh. A long time. <laughs> at least it seemed like a long time. And, uh, and I mean, he probably, Justin probably weighed, I don't think he weighed 300 pounds. So, and, and John's, you know, normal size for a human being, so he weighed about 175, 180. And he just took his skin across the dirt like... <laughs> he probably turned around and looked at him like, don't you have enough sense to let go? <laughs> You know?
1: And when they're already moving and they run their head through that, that you, you get yanked oh, off your yeah. feet.
2: Yeah, he built up speed, so he was already
1: going. You know, you know, I had a similar encounter with a dog I was trying to catch once. I... <laughs> I, I'm not kidding, I had my loop stick out there, and I don't even know, I got, I it wasn't lucky for me, but it was, the dog ran right into the loop, and he kept on going, and took me off my feet, and you've uh-huh. seen, you've seen Keanu Reeves in Matrix, when he twists through the air, that was, that was me, <laughs> and then I landed on all of them goats <laughs> and stuff on the ground, and my elbow, oh yeah. Oh, yeah, that oh, was, boy. I can imagine his, his, that was so much fun for me. I can imagine how much fun John had. Well, he he stayed on the ground, but he,
2: he's kind of digging a furrow. Yeah. So, Just anyway. kind of
1: plowing with, plowing with him. Yeah. Oh, well. Oh, oh my good goodness. Old Yeah. Oh, the fun people have, isn't it? I know. I know. <laughs> oh, my goodness. What we do for fun. I know, right? I've seen yeah. some funny things, but yeah, that's, that's great. Well, Tish, it's getting to be about that time. Um,
2: well, there, I have enjoyed this. I hope some people learned a few things they didn't know
3: about. And oh. uh, maybe
2: next time they see a donkey, they'll... Remember some of this and uh, enjoy the pleasure of having of being around a donkey.
1: Yeah, I hope so too, and I hope uh, some more people heard about the donkey skin trade thing too, and will maybe yeah. start uh, uh, paying a little more attention to that as well, and being a little bit more careful about yeah. who well, you're. There's, there's a lot of
2: information on the internet about it. If 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 the uh, donkey skin trade will. Probably
1: bring up more than they want
2: to know. Oh, I'm sure it And will. it's on my uh,
1: on my uh, blog. Uh, there's also a, a link. Right, right. So. Um, and like I said, I'll throw the link up for uh, the for Over, Forever Home uh, Donkey Rescue Sanctuary up on my um, Calling All Creatures Facebook page. So you guys, if oh, you're there and you want to okay. go to it, you can. And you can oh, also great. search them out on Facebook. They are on Facebook, and they post some really cute pictures of the donkeys. In fact, oh, I, in great. fact, I don't know if you noticed, but on the announcement, those are your donkeys in the picture. <laughs> oh. <laughs>
2: Well, I tell you what, unless you've got the whole donkey, it's hard to tell who's who.
1: It's a picture uh, of a group of them. There's like four or five of them, I think, standing at the fence. At
2: yeah, fence. well, uh, but, but you know, uh, people will uh, send me a headshot or, or Lynn and Linda will send something from Colorado and I'll say, who is that? And they get insulted because they think I ought to know my own donkey. Well, unless you got the whole donkey. You know, it's kinda of hard to tell. It's a grey donkey or it's
3: a brown
1: donkey. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they look a little bit more similar in the face don't they? <laughs> yeah, the face is if if they've
2: got the face I can usually tell, but uh if it's just a partial of the body or something, I
1: I no, I lose it. Oh, okay, uh, okay. Yeah, oh that's understandable. I guess it would be a little bit harder to tell <laughs> from just a partial body shot. But yeah, how dare you yeah. not know that partial donkey? <laughs>
2: But anyway, if anybody uh, is interested in coming out and visiting with the donkeys, uh, just tell them to get in touch with us, and uh, uh, we'll try to make it happen for them.
1: Yeah, you guys, it sounds like uh, it would be a really fun, interesting time to go out there and interact with those donkeys. I, like I said, I, I'm going to make an appointment and go out and take my grandkids because I think they're just going to enjoy the heck out of it and love it, So, especially my granddaughter because, she, like I said, if you've got kids that like horses and stuff like that, then they yeah, would definitely yeah. enjoy going out and taking care of the donkeys and playing with them and feeding them carrots and stuff. So, There you um, go. Well, I don't think anybody ever leaves without a smile on their face. I'm sure they don't. I mean, that's got to be some of the fun. Funnest, funnest times to be out there to do that because i mean like you said they've got personalities so i'm sure it's got to be oh yeah yeah know. and they love to
2: have people come out they when a car drives in you can almost see them go on alert yeah so, oh boy here they come you'll you see know, all these little so. donkey
1: heads and long ears swiveling yeah exactly oh my goodness all right, Tish. Well, I appreciate you coming on, and uh, like I said, if you guys uh, you guys make the podcasts for me because you come on and, and, and talk with me and get all this great information out, and we have a good time doing it and telling all these really cool stories about things. So, um, like I said, I appreciate it, and I thank you. And well, I, go ahead. We we appreciate you having us on. Getting out the word. Yeah, well, you know, I think it's fun to do this, you know, and we do it every, I do it every other Thursday, and I, all like I said, all sorts of different topics, we've tackled quite a few different things, so, um, it's always fun, and I always seem to learn quite a bit, I mean, I, I didn't know a lot of, I definitely didn't know about the donkey skin trade, that's for sure, and, uh, <laughs> and stuff like that, so I, I learned a lot of stuff in these podcasts as well, so, okay. um. And bringing up podcasts. Uh, let's talk let me talk a little bit here real quick about the upcoming ones. So the next one I have coming up, I actually need to probably take a look at my calendar and just make sure I get the actual correct date here. Um, we have coming up in July uh, well as I get back to my actual calendar here people. I am so sorry. On July 9th, I am actually going to um, have Leslie Bryant on for my guest and we are going to be talking about service animals, service dogs, service dog training. Um, emotional. Oh, That'd be interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um Leslie's uh, been a dog trainer for quite a while. I actually met her when I was managing the Benson Shelter. She was actually oh. working with a soldier's best friend at that time, and she was coming around to the local shelters looking for dogs to pull to um, get oh, trained. Great. Yeah, they were training them for the veterans. So, oh, bless your heart. yeah, uh-huh. so I mean, she still does She does the training and stuff still for the service dogs and stuff. Um, she's kind of on her own a little bit more now. We have a warrior healing center here in Sierra Vista, and uh-huh. um, she's actually training over there now. Um, so we're going to have her on on July 9th and talk about what she's doing and service dogs and a little bit about Soldier's Best Friend and stuff like that. That's and great. Then on July 23rd, I am going to have Professor Jessica Rubens on with me, and um, she actually is in Connecticut, and they had a really severe animal cruelty case involving a dog, and Desmond's Law was developed because of that, and it has to do um, with... uh, Animal or uh, with uh, victims' rights advocates for animal cruelty cases. Um, ah, okay. yeah, Yeah, they um, kind of started. Uh, she actually you know, has law students and stuff, and uh, they've started a program. The courts have been kind of allowing them to come in and speak uh, some for the dogs and stuff. And so we're right. going to have her come on and talk with us and uh, give us a little bit more information about that and how that's going and how it all works and stuff. And I think that's going to be pretty interesting. Um, it's really yeah. it's really quite tricky with the laws, to be honest. I was reading oh, up yeah on it. it yeah. It's, it's, yeah, because there's not always somebody to speak for the animals. Yeah, well, and, and, you know, the way I was kind of reading it and having it explained, right now, you know, animals considered as property, but right now some of the laws that we have in place with these animals, well, in not every state, don't quote me, but not every state, but a lot (laughs) of, uh, actually here in Arizona, we actually do have some pretty good animal laws. Um, Uh So they were saying about, you know, kind of switching the wording around and taking that property thing out there could actually do more damage when it comes to cases like that than than leaving yeah. a lost property. So it's, so we're going to talk a little bit about that and get some more information out there, hopefully, and uh, let people know a little bit more about that. And that's coming up in July. And then um, uh, so far I've gotten scheduled, uh, my next one coming up in August is actually going to involve uh, squirrels and the squirrel rescue. And, oh, uh, cool. yeah, so we're going to oh, talk about squirrels. <laughs> 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 I think that's going to be a really fun podcast as well. So, oh, yeah. yeah. Wow. So we got some good, good podcasts coming up, everybody. I hope you all will tune in and listen to them. Um, Again, we're on many different platforms. I've said this, uh, I don't know how many times now, it's on my Facebook page, but if you don't want to actually listen to us live here on Spreaker, you can listen to us also on um, iHeartRadio, Apple iTunes, Google, Spotify, and there's a couple other ones out there as well. Um, you can listen to us on uh, all all recorded shows and stuff. So um, you can listen to us anytime. You don't actually have to listen to us live. If you guys do go to the speaker page, though, I would really appreciate it if you would press that follow button and become one of my followers and let me know that you're liking the show. Um, I also am open to you guys going on my Calling Our Creatures Facebook page, posting any comments, thoughts, ideas, concerns you would like to post, or email me at callingallcreatures19 at gmail.com. Um, more than happy to hear any thoughts or anything like that. And, you know, you guys' ideas, that's actually where I got the idea for um, uh, the uh, squirrel podcast was um, actually Tamara that was on for the Sugar Glider podcast has contacts, and so she put me in touch with her friend who does has the squirrel rescue. So, yeah, so, you know, it works really well. So, um yeah, if you guys have any ideas or any rescues that you know of that you would be uh, liking me to have on, I'd be more than happy to contact them. If you want to get me some contact information for them, I'll contact them. See if they want to come on and talk. So anyway, so we got some good ones lined up and you know the times, it's always the same time, six uh six to seven thirty-ish or so. If we go till eight, that's cool too. Don't really have too much of a set limit here, but anyway. All right, everybody, we're going to get off here for now, and I hope you all have a good evening. Um, Stay safe out there. The world is crazy right now with everything going on between COVID and protests and fires. And, oh, my gosh, there's just so much stuff going on right now. I hope everybody stays safe out there. Um, Wash your hands. Do your social stuff, your distancing. Uh, you know, if, I guess if you are not not opposed to wearing a face mask, wear a face mask, and and it, it does help protect others as well as yourself sometimes. You just never know what's going to help because they don't even know, I don't think. They keep changing their minds. So um, just do what you think you need to do to stay safe and keep healthy. That's all I can say. Uh, be careful with those big fires out there that are burning right now. The one in Tucson, there's some up by Phoenix. Um Yeah, it's it's getting crazy out there, guys. So just stay safe. That's all I ask. And with that, we will say good night. And hopefully you guys will listen in on the next podcast. Have a good night, everybody.
4: As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming.